the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Taking a look at uh, various stories out there at this point in time. Seeing what's working on Wall Street and why it's just it's stunning uh, the rise of Netflix and they're kind of living up to the growth but even their CEO says our stock price is starting to worry me smart thing for a CEO to say the SP 500's up 12 the Dow's up 109 the Nasdaq up 21 joining me now Patrick O'Hare briefing.com market analyst how are you Patrick Hey Rob I'm doing fine thanks. Um, first thing I saw this morning in your column was markets, it's, it's, it's way outperforming. Um, it's on a big tear. What do you make of this? Yeah, um, well, kind of almost the, the words blow off top come into mind. Um, okay. I, you know, could be early on that, but, uh, the reason I, I thinking in those terms and moving more in that direction is that you take a look at kind of what all of the commentary is now, right, is that it's kind of like the path is clear for the market at least until January. Um, you know, the Fed's not going anywhere. We got the you know, budget and debt ceiling stuff that is um, basically been forestalled, and so it's not an immediate hurdle for the market like it was maybe perhaps just a few weeks ago. Um, and you're just getting some really just unbelievable uh, blowout moves in some of these companies that are reporting earnings. And you mentioned Netflix earlier, and, of course, uh, the move in Google was astounding. Um, you know, to go up a, a stock of that size, a $300 billion market cap company going up 14% in a single day is no small feat. And it reflected kind of a more of a melt-up mentality than a, you know, where I think a lot of uh, investors are sitting there saying, I've got to get in on this. Um, I'm going to miss this next leg higher. The market is not going to break, and I don't want to be, you know, left at the station. Um, and you take a look at some of the sentiment surveys that are now creeping up uh, into those bullish realms that suggest, you know, maybe in the near term anyway, the market could be due for a pause. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, – uh, overt bullishness right now, which is something uh, that's driving the market, but at the same time is a little bit concerning. Melt up and missing the market. There was also some people who were completely out of the market because they thought that the government shutdown was going to bring that big correction that never came. I try to just stay consistently invested and not worry about melt-ups or meltdowns per se. Um, 
But don't you feel kind of bad for people that, that make the bets and they're the wrong way? Because now they're in a lose-lose situation. They're either chasing and then the comeback, pullback's going to happen, or uh, they continue to wait for the pullback that doesn't happen, it seems. Right. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, if you even just, you know, go all the way back to 2009, I mean, the market has, you know, risen about 100 and, what, 70%, I think, off the lows. Um, and that same argument would have applied for a lot of people throughout the entire bull market, you know, where they're uh, sitting there thinking that this is, is definitely artificially supported and, you know, the economy is not doing well. And, and you know, all those arguments would have been valid, but, at the same time, you know, they missed a major move up because, you know, liquidity is a is an unbelievable driver of the stock market at times. When the Fed is easy, uh, there's enough people who believe in that mantra that you don't fight the Fed, and, and that's driven, you know, the market up, you know, to these new all-time highs. Um, you know, the message in our market view is consistent with what you were saying, Rob. I mean, you don't try and, like, time these things. You stick with your investment protocol, right? And while, you know, I express some concern about the level of complacency in the market, I do appreciate the fact that this market can stay overbought for a lot longer than, you know, many people think, especially when the Fed is, is driving things. And so our message has been simply to stick with those systematic investment plans, continue to reinvest your dividends. But if you're sitting there and you have to discretionary cash on the sidelines, you don't necessarily need to be thinking you've got to be in, you know, all in at all costs right now out of fear of missing out another, you know, big leg higher because, um, it, you know, the writing is on the wall that the Fed, while it might not be pulling out here in 2013, it is going to begin tapering those asset purchases either out of necessity or because uh, the data set, you know, tells them to. Um, and that could be a real source of disruption in, in 2014. But for the time being, the market's quite myopic, and it's just, you know, rallying on what it knows now, and what it knows now is the Fed's not going away uh, until the end of the year. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare, talking a little markets, marketanalystbriefing.com. I don't know if this is a full-fledged question, Pat, so forgive me if it doesn't come out correctly, but the 90s were great because there was a lot of Internet going on, a lot of productivity, a lot of uh, high-paying jobs were being created. Uh, the 2000s seems to be feeling, you know, accommodative monetary policy a little bit different than the productivity gains. What should be our next strength fundamentally? What should be our next thing that we can actually hold on to and say, ah, market's going higher because of this? Right. Well, you know, it, fundamentally, it should be uh, strong quality earnings growth, you know, not earnings growth that's driven, um, you know, primarily by lower tax rates and share buyback activity, uh, you know, things of that nature. What you want to see is top-line driven uh, earnings growth because, you know, accelerating top-line or sales is a reflection of stronger demand in the, in the broader economy, and that's you know, been a missing element or it's certainly been a defining element that suggests that the economic recovery we have seen off the 2009 lows uh, has not been that robust. Um, and, of course, you see that in the GDP reports time after time. So we need that uh, that next driver, if you will, to uh, the fundamental driver anyway, to be uh, embodied in really quality earnings growth. Um, and that may be difficult to come by because, you know, if we talked about before, you have profit margins that are already at, you know, record highs. The Fed is likely to be pulling back on its asset purchases, uh, you know, in the next, say, six months. 
and uh, and interest rates have a lot more room to go up than to go down. And we already saw with the initial move up, it clearly slowed down the pace of uh, activity in the housing sector. And so there are going to be headwinds out there that's going to make that uh, that strong top-line driven earnings growth tough to come by, and you just have to wait and see how things unfold here. But that would be one factor that could help turn the tide, if you will. Um, another one is uh, is, ironically enough, uh, improvement in Washington D.C. Right, um, you know the Fed has long talked about the uh, the headwind of fiscal retrenchment, and if you know, uh, knock on wood, you know if Congress can actually get something done toward meaningful budget, you know reform uh, that sort of removes that element of the fiscal headwinds, you could then see the market. Um, Respond well, but again, it's a really touch and go situation because if the, if if Congress follows through and does something favorably from a fiscal standpoint, the corollary is that that means that the the Fed is going to more than likely start scaling back its asset purchases, and we just you know uh, it's, we don't know how the market is likely to react to that if it has the the you know the favorable fiscal factor but being offset by what has been the clear driver of the stock market for the last four years. And um, right now we're not thinking it's going to take it uh, in stride uh, like many would hope it would. So uh, time will tell, obviously, but uh, those are some things to to think about here in the next uh, six to nine months probably. A topic that I haven't really talked much with you about is the argument or theory of the haves and the have-nots. I try to stay in touch with people under 35, uh, the millennials. They're putting off marriage, they're putting off kids, they're putting off buying a house. Um, their salaries seem to get them by. They party pretty well. Um, are you at all worried about the haves versus the have-nots, the income inequality? It seems to me like people are getting rich as fast as they've ever gotten rich. But it seems yeah. like people are getting poor faster than they've ever gotten poor. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, there's there's certainly um, something there. I mean, the you know, income inequality is a... Uh, I guess a destroyer, if you will, of, of social cohesion. You know, the more attention that is paid to how how much wealthier the wealthier have gotten, the more it plays out into the mainstream through all these social media connections about how um, you know people, like you say, the millennials who are you know struggling to get going here and and and, and forming households and and you know saving for retirement and all of that. Uh, it engenders kind of a, a spirit of um, Dissension almost, uh, and um, and everyone uh, you, you see a, a breakdown in the social fabric that you know makes the country great. You know, um, so it's clearly an issue. Um, there has to be some way to help promote the the progression of these millennials and the generation below them. And even really anyone uh, above them, because you have you can see in the employment report that we got out today. Um, I mean, the long-term unemployed, uh, you know, is still not a great situation. I mean, it accounts for 37% of the unemployed people who've been out of work 27 weeks or longer. One out of about seven people is either unemployed or underemployed, and uh, so it, it's a clear sign that uh, something needs to be worked out here to help promote, um, you know, those people who are not doing as well, obviously, as the, 
you know, the upper classes, and, and in the end that should lead to, I think, better cohesion from a societal standpoint uh, that makes a country stronger, really. So um, maybe it's a little bit of my personal editorializing, but um, I think that that's something that's going to be a major issue here politically, uh, you know, over the next few years, certainly, uh, as these clear divergences uh, continue to be reported on and, and are obvious to, uh, to so many people. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief at Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Top-notch analysis, insights in the market. Briefing, non-biased. Love the site, love the research, love the commentary. I'm Rob Black. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.